Welcome back. It's the Brady Farkas Show right here on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. Huge weekend in the NFL. Divisional round just a couple of games away from the Super Bowl. Hard to believe, given all that this season has brought us. To help us break that down and a whole lot more that's on my mind is Eric Eager, Pro Football Focus. You can check him out at PFF.com. He's been with us every Friday since this show started. Eric, man, I'm excited for the weekend. I know you are, too. Yeah, this, uh, you know, I, we, I think we all got suckered into thinking that this past weekend was going to be the best with the, you know, six games and then the national title game. Um, but, you know, I think the cream has risen a little bit uh, more to the top here. I'm, I'm excited for all four of these games. You know, l- before we get to the games, let's go through some Patriots kind of housekeeping here first. Uh, Robert Sala gets the New York Jets job, so the Pats are going to see Sala's Jets twice a year. What do you make of that hire for a Patriots rival? I think Salah has been the best defensive coordinator in football the last two years. I think even this year is probably more impressive than last, given that Bosa was out, uh, Sherman was out for a number of games. Um, and obviously on the offensive side of the ball, uh, they were, um, you know, they they were very good, right? And they were putting that defense in tough spots. And I thought the defense played admirably all season. So uh, he's obviously a good I – mean, everybody speaks well of him. Um, you know, you would prefer an offensive coach, right? Because, you know, some of the issues associated with keeping offensive coordinators around. But there's something to be said for the Jets being a team that needs to just get off the ground, right? And 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 get some sustained success before we can even talk about uh, what it takes to sort of like win a Super Bowl or have a Super Bowl caliber offense. So I like the hire. Uh, I think he, he, you know, obviously it's great for the league um, to be rewarding uh, candidates who, you know, rise as fast as he has. You know, I was going to ask you about hiring a defensive coach in an offensive era, but I'll, I'll kind of pivot to, you know, I understand it's January, so this is not set in stone, but Schefter said he thinks this means that Sam Darnold is going to stay the quarterback next year. That really surprised me, not because Darnold's horrendous or anything, but if you want to open up that window, I just go back to the rookie drawing board and try to have it go for five more years again. What do you think about maybe keeping Darnold if, uh, you know, I'm a Patriots fan looking at the Jets? Uh, yeah, I, I would be surprised if they if they went with Darnold for another season. The, the issue is, I think once you get down to sort of cutting up the numbers, Darnold's not that cost effective. Um, you know, he's on year four uh, of a rookie deal. Year five, generally, you know, with the, with the um, option is not – all that cheap. Um, and then obviously, even if you sign him to something like a Bortles level contract with, with Jacksonville did, um, that's not that inexpensive. Whereas if they draft, you know, Zach Wilson uh, or Justin Fields at two, that's a relatively cost efficient contract. Um, and, you know, the Jets aren't one defensive player away. They're not one offensive player away, uh, except for, you know, an elite level quarterback. So, you know, they, they might be trying to leverage. I mean, if you can get a team, let's say, you can get, you know, the team at three to trade up with you to two. Well, then that's a, you know, th- that's a pretty good tactical, uh, you know, maneuver there. So I-, I think they're just trying to leave all options open. You know, let me ask you this. I understand it wasn't your prediction. You didn't write this, but it was on PFF. So I wanted to ask you about it. There was another uh, free agent prediction game the other day at PFF.com. One month ago, we talked about you guys predicting Cam would go to the Bengals. It was one year, 20 million at the time. You guys are still predicting he'll go to the Bengals, but now it's one year, five million. You guys are the kings of small sample size. So why did those that end of the season, those three games they lost, devalue him by fifteen million dollars? That's a good question. I mean, I wasn't involved necessarily in that prediction, but I would just say, you know, 
Um, you know, to me, I, I just think it was, you know, uh, a look at some of the things that are happening in the draft, right? So uh, with Zach Wilson emerging as one of the, the top hmm. candidates, uh, previously probably more like a top 10 guy, now probably a top three guy. Um, Trey Lance getting his name back in the mix, Mac Jones as well. Um, so, you know, there, there's, I think, a lot better options, and a team doesn't have to be necessarily as aggressive in the veteran market. Yeah, I want to ask you about Mac Jones because he's a name we hear a lot now already attached to the Patriots. He's a Saban guy. Saban Belichick have a history. Pats are picking 15. That's kind of, you know, maybe the quarterback that will be left is Mac Jones. I wouldn't take him, at least in the first round, because I just think he's not athletic enough to play quarterback with that draft spot. Would you take Mac Jones at 15 if he's there for the Pats? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, historically speaking, taking a quarterback in that spot is is almost always a reach. Right? You're you're almost better off trading into the ten, in the top ten to take one of the top ten quarterbacks than you are, yeah. or trading back, let's say, to thirty or thirty two to take a guy there. Um, you know, it, it's tricky. I mean, I think it's a thresholding thing. Quarterbacks are either, that are first round worthy are usually worthy of top ten picks. Quarterbacks after that, you're kind of looking at 32 with that fifth-year option or into the second round. Eric Eager, Pro Football Focus, with us here every single Friday during the football season on the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. Now moving to the games this weekend. The game I think I'm most excited for is the Saturday night game in the AFC between Baltimore and Buffalo, two teams the Pats saw this year. Um, my gut tells me Buffalo should win this game, but I just can't get past the idea that Lamar Jackson and that offense is putting it together and they're going to be able to run and control clock. What do you think? Yeah, the, the Ravens haven't played a good defense in a long time, though. And, and I think, you know, while I don't think the the Bills are a great defense, uh, I do think that they're well run. Uh, I think they do a great job of honing in uh, on an opponent's weaknesses, enticing them to do their weaknesses and, you know, getting them in a long area situations. Uh, you know, and I, I'm on I'm on Buffalo here because I think you know the the Ravens are going to try to blitz Josh Allen. Josh Allen's been amazing against the blitz this year, um, and you know guys like Diggs and Beasley and and you know Gabriel Davis and John Brown can all get open uh, in the first you know two and a half seconds of a route, and and that makes it a lot easier on offense. So it's going to be a great game. I think either team um, is should Kansas City win on Sunday, either team will give Kansas City a run for their money in the AFC title game. Um, but uh, I'll, I'll give a slight edge to the Bills. You know, speaking of Buffalo and speaking of Stephon Diggs, he led the league in receptions this year. He's an undersized wide receiver. We're going to hear a lot about the debate between undersized but productive wide receivers and the prototypical wideout body type when we talk about Devontae Smith, who's also coming out of Alabama this year. Smith is undersized. He's like six foot one and 175. He's a small guy. Would you take somebody that tiny at the number two, three pick in the draft? Well, I don't think I would take. Well, I, I would. I would either take a quarterback that high or move back. Um, okay. I think Smith is probably in that sort of like six to ten range. Mm -hmm. um, in which case, um, you know, I, I I don't mind it. I mean, the thing about the league is that you know, you just have to get open. Separation is the big key, and like all those guys, Jamar Chase, uh, you know, De, uh, Devontae Smith as well. Uh, as Jalen Waddle, they all get open. And to me, that's the first prerequisite to being an NFL wide receiver. And, and, and they all have it. So, um, you know, those guys, especially given how important passing is, how much of a force multiplier great wide receivers can be, I think you have to take a chance there. You know, kind of on that same note, it was uh, your PFF's uh, 
ranking of the top 25 wide receivers from this year came out the other day. And Jacoby Myers was actually number 25 and, you know, really did all of his damage from week seven on. He really did have a good year along the lines of just being able to get open. Could you see Jacoby Myers kind of taking over that slot role for Julian Edelman when he eventually moves on? Because I, of, of all the things that happened this year that were bad for the Pats, Jacoby Myers was good. And I, I could see him being a fixture as long as he's not the number one receiver. Yeah, I agree. I think I think one of the worst things the Pats could do is to look at this season and believe that the whole receiving core was trash. I think Demir Bird played fine. You know, uh, uh, Jacoby Myers did really well. I thought, um, you know, Harry's really the one that you know is the is the is the mark there. But but if you get a steady number one wide receiver, all those guys end up being more valuable as they get knocked down a little bit, right? And 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 to me, that's that's kind of how they have to view it. Um, you know, obviously the quarterback position being the most important thing. Um, but but getting a wide receiver there to help whoever's coming in to, to play that position will be huge. And, and Myers, to me, I think has earned the opportunity to play for somebody uh, as a two or three. You know, we were talking last week about would we try to get the Patriots to acquire Deshaun Watson. And Watson wanted say in the, the kind of front office hirings in Houston. Russell Wilson came out yesterday and said he wants say in who the next OC is going to be in Seattle. And I'm kind of going to tie this all in later in the show into Kyrie Irving, wishing he had say in hiring Steve Nash with the Nets. How much say should these cornerstone players have in what happens in the organization? Yeah, it's tough, right? Because you can get like, uh, I remember growing up in Minnesota, like Kevin Garnett, you know, basically like got to pick his boys to play uh, you know, all the backup positions on the team. And that was, that left the wolves with like Troy Hudson playing corn, uh, playing, uh, you know, point guard and, and, you know, kicking out Wally Zerbiak, even though he was a pretty good shooter and all that stuff. I, I think chemistry matters for sure. And I think, you know, given you've made the investment you've made, I mean, Houston can't really, there's no re uh, Houston can't do anything, but, but acquiesce to Deshaun Watson, unless they want to completely start over. And they're not a franchise that I really trust to start over. And if they had a, an honest evaluation of themselves, they probably would believe the same thing. So uh, I think you have to give in a little bit to Watson's demands because he's the cornerstone of the franchise. You lucked into him as one of the league's top five quarterbacks and, and worth every penny. So uh, as much as it's probably not good in general, I think in this particular case, you probably have to do it. I'll get you out of here on this. Back to the games themselves. Everybody here in New England, um, you know, always tuned into what's happening with Tom Brady. The, the Saints did dominate the Bucks twice this year. I have a hard time thinking that they're going to do it a third time. How do you see this game going out? Yeah, I mean, uh, Tampa's getting three. I, I think that's probably the only side you can bet. Um, the, the you know Saints do a good job. Like, I think, weirdly, Bruce Arians is a pretty good NFL head coach, and I think at the same time he's the worst head coach left in the playoffs. So, you know, Peyton, how much does Peyton run circles around him? Todd Bowles been on the head coaching sort of carousel this week. Um, how much does that distract him? There, there are a lot of good questions as far as this game is concerned. I think a lot, a lot of it is less about the players and about the tacticians uh, that are on the sidelines for the teams. But, um, you know, Brady's played so much better than Breeze this year. And, you know, to me, uh, that sort of is the first place I look. So I, I lean Tampa here. I could, I, but I wouldn't be surprised by anything happening in this game, including a repeat of what we saw this regular season. I lied. I got one more thing for you. We were talking about head coaches earlier, and maybe you don't know the answer to this, so maybe it's unfair, but this was the first year, I think, in the last four years that Josh McDaniels did not get a head coaching interview. What is it you think that people are looking for now on the head coaching circuit? Was, was his star just dwindled because he said no so many times or was this offense this year that was the nail in the coffin in your eyes 
I actually think so. The Indianapolis position, I think, uh, you know, when the full story comes out, I think it's reasonable that he turned it down, frankly. Um, so, so that to me, uh, I don't think is a black mark for him. Um, to me, it's just you took away Brady and the offense didn't perform. And, <laughs> and so there were a lot of questions about, you know, how much of how much McDaniels deserved in terms of the, the division of credit. And you look at the way the Patriots played this year, like their offense deserved almost none of the reason why they won the seven games they won. So I, I think his star just dwindled in, in large part because uh, of, you know, we got to see some of the variables tuned in the model and McDaniels, you know, uh, yeah, he was a bottom five play caller this year uh, by our metrics. And so that, that kind of, you know, I think that kind of put the nail in his coffin. There's also a lot of really talented young coaches in the NFL right now. And, and that certainly pushed him down the list a little bit. Eric Eager, Pro Football Focus. You can check him out, pff.com. Whether you're betting games, playing fantasy, whether you just want to get smarter about the game, that is the site you need to go to, pff.com. Eric, man, we appreciate it. We will talk to you again next week. Hard to believe we'll be heading into championship weekend in the NFL. Crazy stuff, man. I, I can't wait for the games this weekend. Stay safe, my friend.